Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the one that will not have a cruiser jump to light speed through it. We are. We're perfect. 
I don't know what we are. <laughs> I was going to say indefensible, but that didn't seem right to me. It's been a long... I'm almost I done. I think tired is the word you're looking tired for. Tired is the word. We're recording. All right, so we're pre-recording. We, because of the holiday schedule, uh, we are uh, recording now. We've we By this time, I may have seen The Last Jedi eight times uh, you, by the time this episode airs. I don't know. But we're going to talk about some news. Some stuff might spring up. So if you're like, well, it's the day after Christmas, and I'm not getting the news that broke yesterday about the uh, 18-part Kenobi miniseries. It's going to be on Disney. Don't Ooh. worry, we will have time oh. to discuss that after the holidays. With me, bearing with me on a long day, is Joseph Scribshot, Jennifer Landa. I am happy to be here, ready to tear up your leather seats like a porg in the Falcon. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're recording, and, and I, I love, because my radio background, I record live to tape. I almost stopped there to start over. But I love, like The Last Jedi taught me, failure is the best teacher. Yeah, mm. so I thought it was I great. I could guess. sense your hesitation, and then I was so happy. Happy when you continued, because that was audio gold. Audio gold <laughs> is what we're trying to do here. A happy holidays. Yes, Jennifer. Happy holidays. Have you built any more porg costumes? <laughs> I have not, but I kind of want a porg nog instead of eggnog, a porg nog. Oh. I, I just came up with that right now, and I've yeah, got to make it. Please do. I don't porg know what nog. it would involve, actually. Mm, Could it just be eggs. an eggnog with a porg glass? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Or like a porg marshmallow on top. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh, so oh, many ideas. Wow, <laughs> this is all good stuff. All good stuff here. Uh, we are uh, uh, going to take a look at the year in review, 2017, which was the 40th anniversary year for Star Wars. A lot of big things happened. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan. We've been saying that, well, since 2015, since I guess you could even say 2012. When all this new Star Wars material was still in our future, there was a day in, in our lives where we didn't know who Ray was. We didn't even know that character existed. We thought it was Kira, exactly. and she was a twin, <laughs> and she had Darth Plagueis' staff. But here we are now, 2017, a big year in the Star Wars world. We're going to take a look back, but also we're going to take a look at uh, the news that we uh, have uh, out there to talk about, Jennifer. Yeah, there's the news just keeps coming, even though the the Last Jedi is out. Um, and in fact, speaking of that, the box office, wow. Talk about raking in the big bucks. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi was a force to be reckoned with on opening weekend. The film brought an estimated $220 million, which makes it the second biggest opening ever in North America. The first biggest opening was, of course, The Force Awakens, uh, which opened to $248 million in 2015. So around the world, The Last Jedi has so far made around four. $450 million, which does not even include the biggest film market, which is China, uh, where the film will open there January 5th. Are we surprised by how well it has done? Or did? No, but those numbers, particularly domestic, are on the large side, simply because I thought the length of the movie might affect it. But I think, Joseph, you can agree that they put this in so many theaters and forced people to take them. <laughs> uh, like, you must uh, you must have this. All 12 screens must be showing yeah. The Last Jedi. So then it makes more sense. Yeah, there's a the uh, the opening or that Thursday preview night at the uh, Arclight Hollywood. It was yeah. all The Last Jedi in one screening of I, Tanya, which was just a delightful thing to behold. <laughs> but, you know, this is just total anecdotal evidence. I don't think the runtime kept people away from it because I don't right. think many people researched it because right. almost every time I saw 
saw it, somebody had a, a presentation and mm-hmm. would say, now the movie is two and a half hours long. And every time I hear people go, what? Some rustling to the, a bunch yeah. of people going to the bathroom. Uh, but yeah, I'm not surprised by the number. It's kind of what we uh, guessed. We thought it would be, projections were all over 200 million and we thought it yeah. would be healthily over 200 million. Right. And I think it just shows that the Star Wars brand is really, really strong. And The Force Awakens wasn't just a nostalgia mm. thing that yeah. was obviously a part of the huge impact. Yeah. But it's not just nostalgia. It's the power of this story moving forward. It, it is definitely a new generation. I think of my cousin's two daughters who, after The Force Awakens, wanted to go to their first convention. One dressed as Kylo, one dressed as Rey. And nice. they weren't familiar with Star Wars before that moment. So I think this did what Lucasfilm and, yes, Disney, the big bad business. And I'm not happy with the Fox uh, acquisition. But uh, the, this is doing what it was supposed to do, which is bring Star Wars to a new generation and igniting that fire. And those pocketbooks again. Yeah. Are oh you surprised gosh. at all, Jennifer? I, I was not surprised because on Friday morning when I went at 9.30 a.m., the theater was <laughs> packed. Right. Wow. I could not believe. It was actually more packed than on Thursday night when I went at 7.30. And right. that's when well, I'm like, oh, this this is special. Yeah. This is going to blow up. <laughs> yeah. People are drinking their coffee. Yeah. And yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And and the whole controversy we addressed a little bit last week on, uh, you know, the the... The somewhat divisive nature of the movie or how people, I, you know, I think also that didn't affect uh, the general casual fan either. I, they just thought, wow, that's cool. And I don't mean that as an insult. That, I wish I could live in that world, <laughs> you know, right. where you could just go enjoy these films for what they are at times. Um, so, yeah, well, December is now Star Wars month. It is. It's there. I'm happy about it. Except for it. next year. <laughs> oh, I know. That's uh, true. Yes, which we'll talk about a little bit at, uh, so towards the end sad. here. Yeah. Well, Entertainment Weekly has continued their coverage of The Last Jedi with a new batch of interviews with the cast and crew. One particularly interesting interview was with director Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. who revealed why he felt it was time for Snoke to end. As he was writing The Last Jedi, Johnson realized that, quote, the most interesting thing would be to eliminate that dynamic between the Emperor and Pupil so that all bets are off going into the next one. That also led to the possibility of this dramatic turn in the middle, which could also be a really powerful connection point between Kylo and Rey, end quote. So this reasoning, I think we all agree Mm. upon. Yeah. Is it going to satisfy the haters, if you will? Who are devastated. Is, is Ryan's reasoning going to yeah. satisfy? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I think some people might start to, once they get over the shock of it, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I think some people might start to get really excited over Kylo Ren. Yes. Over the excitement of Kylo gets to be the big bad. I, I saw somebody point out, and I can't remember where, I've read 800 things today, of, hey, he actually did finally surpass Vader in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vader was a Sith who was supposed to take down his master and never did. Right. But here Kylo did, and that it's, uh, I wonder if some of the frustration will be replaced by like uh, fans who used to complain that, well, maybe maybe we make too many jokes about emo Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren got deeper in this movie. I think he got more likable in a strange way. Yeah. So it makes it so exciting to see like, yes, it's not just the new generation of heroes. It's this next generation of the big bad and this weird, scary, gross brother act between him and Hux. Mm. There's so many exciting dynamics. Yeah, I love what he did with it. And and to hear his explanation makes me love it even more. Uh, We talked about it a little bit on last week, but to dive into it more, it's just this unchained Kylo. He has no one with a collar around his neck, despite what Kylo uh, and 
and Ray shippers would want us to believe. Uh, uh, there, there is not. He is on his own. Hux is not strong enough to take him down. No one in the first order is. He is supreme leader Ren for all intents and purposes now. And I love this idea and why it is so different. And why I'm excited for nine because this throne room scene would have fit in nine if we followed any kind of what we know of Star Wars. And that's why I love the decision to hear him describe it of of what what could we do that's different and then that again i i think snoke i i, I don't think he's a bust like other people think Mm-mm. i just think he he wasn't as in, interesting to me his no. his backstory that a lot of us thought of or speculated or made up was more interesting than what he was he just is an evil yeah you know exactly no i am thrilled and as i told you guys before like this movie was the first time where i actually was scared of kylo ren and i knew that mm. i was like oh good get snoke out of the way so kylo ren and also adam driver yeah powerful actor that he is can emerge and just flaunt his excellent acting chops and i think we're going to see even more of that in mm. episode nine i'm so excited yeah yeah it opens up so many great questions of what okay you did all this before because you were mad at all these parental figures mm-hmm. they're all gone do you even want to rule the galaxy right like yeah. what do you want out of this mm. so so very interesting love that and i'm still stoked for a snoke book or comic and i think yeah. that it might be coming oh, yeah. sure sure well one of the most dramatic moments in the last jedi was when leia used the force to draw herself back to the shattered bridge of the radis according to ryan johnson that scene originated because lucasfilm president kathleen kennedy had always speculated about leia's force sensitivity ryan johnson knew it would be an emotional impact uh, impactful thing to see and he liked the idea that it would also be an instinctual thing in a life or death moment which i think we also talked about in our review um so that was one part of that interview and the second part was actually with mark hamill he confirmed that when luke hands leia the pair of golden dice carrie fisher delivers a very subtle revealing glance meant to indicate that she knows that her brother is not there so Mm -hmm. i just want to bring this up because i just want to say that we're right (laughs) (laughs) yes both counts (laughs) we were right we were right force center is not a braggadocious speculation based show even though we we do speculate last week we had a lot of fun but uh, there are other shows out there that want to put their fists down and say we predicted this 12 years ago um yeah give us credit give us credit we don't like to do that we like to make fun of ourselves yes but yeah we got this one really right here we did nail this one and we can celebrate the ones that we did not nail which are plenty which are which is more a coming but right. plethora yeah i love it and, and you know that that scene was a little jarring for me at first mm-hmm. i've talked about that the way it looked the wicked witch of the west type of float back is, is a little i don't want to say i don't know awkward but it grows on you but the moment was absolutely needed i love that it ties to bloodlines a little bit which i believe now is the thing that ryan had claudia gray put in there that oh. the napkin bombing yeah. happens she kind of feels she gets that little force thing of oh this is about that but um, and and there's also the, the tidbit that Leia was supposed to be the first student Luke trained, but she decided against it because it would isolation needed to train to be a Jedi would take her away from helping to to run and form the new government. So I like all the stuff going on with with Leia and to hear him describe that and and the, that she was in tune to Luke. That that's really cool. Uh, adds to that moment even more, Joseph. Oh yeah, I love this moment, and I think it makes a great sense with uh, the napkin bombing as the plot point in Bloodline. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then also there's a life and death moment in uh, Leia, Princess Valdron, where yeah. mm-hmm. Leia doesn't even realize she's using the Force, but we, the reader, do. do. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think uh, 
Kathleen, this is a Kathleen Kennedy for the win thing. Yeah. I think this is coming in with a, um, I think Kathleen Kennedy is a great wizard of being overall in control, but yeah, yeah. you know, I don't think she's down in the minutia. I don't no, think she no, is, you know, saying like, I think Snoke's robe should be this color. And you know, <laughs> I really want Obi-Wan Kenobi to reference Satine. Like, I don't think she's down at that level. And I think this is a great example of like, this is a big picture thing. That should happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at some yeah. point, let's address the fact that she is of a powerful force bloodline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that scene, you know, and you pointed this out. I got to give you credit. And this, this is probably a couple weeks after the fact. Um, it, it might show up elsewhere. But I, yeah. as we're recording this, <laughs> as we're recording this, you were the one who pointed out that when she floats back. She cracks the supremacy in half. Yeah, she goes right through just about where her friend Holdo does eventually in the hologram. Yeah, Love yeah so it's just a nice little bit of foreshadowing, and it does just have wow. that that feeling. It adds to the f yeah feeling yeah. of mm-hmm. like Leia's not done, and she cuts right through the supremacy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it actually, and the hologram actually breaks apart. It it it, it, it she shatters like, the supremacy, yeah. you know, wow. by right. surviving. Yeah, That's and I understand beautiful. that people have uh, um, you know some concerns about the execution. But yeah, I love yeah. that it's there, and I think especially with the the deep sadness that Carrie Fisher yeah. is not here. The music that we saw yeah. Leia the, use the force. The music's mm. great. If you oh guys have gotten your hands on the soundtrack, when those those moments come up, even the Page Tico moment comes up in just the score, you start to feel it again. It's oh, Williams wow. at his finest. Oof, wow. Well, another great thing about watching The Last Jedi two, three, four times is finding all the Easter eggs. Ken, you actually mentioned uh, Mark Hamill voiced a character in the Canto yeah. Bike Casino. So he's not confirming it, but I think it's pretty safe to say that he's a little drunk leprechaun in the yeah. casino. Um, <laughs> so other in- Space leprechaun. Space leprechaun, excuse me. <laughs> other intriguing voices were the ones calling Ray to the Force Tree. Mm. According to Star Wars sound editor Matt Wood, the voices are actually chanting a Force mantra, Ooh. mantra. From Star Wars Legends. Oh. He, he did not say what it is, but he said that he uh, consulted with a story group, uh, Leland Chi and Pablo Hidalgo. Oh, yeah, nice. On finding that. That's mm-hmm, great. Right? I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Also, actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt lent his voice to Slow and Low, yeah. the tall alien who is upset Finn and Rose illegally parked their shuttle on the beach. And I think in our breakdown review, I made fun of that character and had not, did not know at that time that it was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, <laughs> right. I I, I, maybe I still would have made fun of it. It's a funny little, <laughs> well, I told him not, told not really? to park on the beach. Right. But, it's, but I actually, <laughs> the last time, uh, at the time of this recording, that I saw saw. The movie. I had, now I had the knowledge it was him. I was like, oh, okay, I like that character now. Yeah. Oh, really? Would you want him to have been doubling down on any sort of Texan stereotype? Did you want him to have a bumper sticker that's like, <laughs> yeah. don't some, mess with Canto Bite? Some, some kind of space cowboy hat? Yeah. yeah he, maybe enjoying some ribs. Yeah. This. That would have worked for me. <laughs> kind of yeah. reminded me of uh, the Big Lebowski, you know? A little bit. Kind of like oh, with, the, yeah. with the robe and stuff like that. Um, and lastly, if you look closely at the scenes where Leia is wounded and in a coma, you'll actually notice that it's a mask and a dummy version of. Carrie Fisher created by <laughs> Neil Scanlon because they figured they didn't want to keep Carrie Fisher sitting there for hours yeah. while they were shooting those takes. Oh, well. Yeah, pretty crazy. Did you guys notice James Corden getting blown up in the first battle? Is that him? Uh, nobody's confirmed it. In, exactly which high. scene, what part? It's the battle. He's, I think, one of the first pilots to go. It's, it's like, like ah! yeah, yeah. Is he the one that says they're all over us? Yeah, yeah he's that. wearing a red helmet. That's not been confirmed? It's no. not? Because I know there's a character, an X-Wing pilot, named last name of Tubbs, 
in it uh, in the uh, the movie, and yeah. I, I thought that was him, oh. but I know it was Corden. But I'm waiting. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll I'll see. just say, as a longtime Star Wars fan, I think we can uh, take the tradition of mocking pilots for yes. their body shape. <laughs> I'm, I would be okay with letting that tradition go. <laughs> yes, I don't have a good time. feeling about continuing that one. Well, there's no. your, your hope for episode nine. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's the news. For now. Who knows? That's the news. Yeah. Who knows what might happen next? Oh, yeah, yeah. By the time this episode actually drops, it could be, oh, untold, untold. Untold. Well, Joseph, let's take a look back along with uh, Jennifer here at 2017, the greatest year in Star Wars history. I don't know. I'm going to still give that to 1977, the year it all began. But we had a wonderful year. It was a spectacular year of speculating, theorizing, being disappointed, being rewarded. And a lot of different kind of Star Wars media was out there. We got new things, new comics, new books. They just kept pouring out. But was 2017 a good celebration of where it all began, a new hope? Or just Star Wars in general, Joseph, join this conversation. Take us down this path of this year in Star Wars. Happily. Now, when I was kind of making some notes for this episode, I was like, well, last year we did a kind of year in the review. Ken, you came up with the idea of the year that changed Star Wars to discuss 2016. Sure. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, 2017. Oh, yeah, it was the anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, like, how many moments of celebration of a new hope specifically did we get how many right. did we get of star wars in general uh you know there was no real celebration around the last jedi that is like in 40 years later there's a new one we got the from a certain point of view book which was dedicated right. mm-hmm. yeah but to me for my money george lucas kind of running the show at the big panel at star wars celebration that was to me yes. the true and maybe obviously the actual anniversary is in may um yeah. In maybe why we lost a little spirit of the celebration of the 40th anniversary because it was there. It was when yeah. Disney, this massive corporation that controls everything, says, Hey, the man who created this and called us white slavers a little while back, <laughs> just take this huge podium where we can't yeah. control you. Yeah. Yeah. That is our, our way to honor this sprawling, insane universe you created. And it was pretty spectacular. I was fortunate enough to be there live for a lot of you uh, watched it on, on live stream. And it was, it was exactly George Lucas. Here is your star Wars life. That's how they kind of did it. They brought out a bunch of people. Um, the Billy Lord coming out to speak about her mother was the highlight. Of course, John Williams ending it with the playing uh, Leia's theme live in person there. There, there was so much and they really did, to give it the reverence that it deserves, including uh, those uh, beloved prequels of ours. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm putting Hayden out there. Yeah. How did you feel, Jennifer? Do you feel like that was the highlight, or do you feel like there were other moments that made you feel like, yes, we are celebrating that we've had this for 40 years? I definitely think that was the highlight. Like you said, I cannot believe that George Lucas also agreed to be a yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. That was surprising. And also seeing the dynamic between, you know, Mark and, and uh, mm-hmm. who, you know, the cast that was yeah. there. Yeah, Harrison how they related, Ford. Yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford and how they related to George. That was really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it did feel like the first half of the year was all about A New Hope. And then very quickly, we kind of transitioned into a lot of speculation about The Last Jedi. But it didn't seem like The Force Awakens, where it was like, hey, Star Wars is back, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just kind of always there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense a little bit that, uh, you know, The Force Awakens, uh, obviously, it was the return of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And obviously, structurally, it did do a lot of stuff that A New Hope did. I don't have a a huge Mm -hmm. problem with that. Uh, but it's natural that that was kind of a celebration of New Hope. So maybe there's a little bit of a feeling of like, well, mm. in terms of the big movie, 
two years ago we really celebrated it, A New Hope, and reflected on it. Yeah, that that could be fair. I thought oh, with the Black Series kind of 40, 40th anniversary figures, there yeah. was an attempt there. From mm-hmm. a certain point of view, it was a great attempt to to let's look back at this movie that started it all and add some new fun and some new characters and some new wrinkles and some very interesting new canon. So, yeah, yeah, I think they did a good enough job. I really do. I think I remember thinking that panel, I could have another hour and I still would have been fine. But that's good. Leave me wanting more. So I think they really went out of their way to pay respect to, to why we're all here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, like the, the big one is the Lucas's comment that we've already discussed a bunch. So mm-hmm. you don't need to belabor it. But that this is I made this for 12 year olds. Right. Yes. And that it is meant to be on some level didactic. It's meant to yeah. be you. You should learn something from these movies. Right. Didactic. Did they fly with the pterodactyls? And <laughs> yes. the, yeah. No, they yeah, killed by the comet. And I go back to that quote a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Since I since what was that April mid April late late April when he said that um, I go back to that a lot because it it really does it should fuel everything from Star Wars and I think it actually fueled Last Jedi very well mm-hmm. absolutely There's so yes. much that a twelve year old on the brink of adulthood on the brink of uh, quote real life uh, can learn from that movie including from the old the old folks There's lessons for us old folks in that movie I kind of yeah, felt absolutely. like the, you know this yeah. is a movie for twelve year olds and also like about forty eight year olds <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like a, you yeah. know, hey, it's okay. You you yep. you face your failure and you pick yourself up and you move on. Mm-hmm. It it is it, last Jedi was like saying, "Hey, remember 40 years ago when you saw this or roundabout way 35 30 years ago you first saw this and you learned all those lessons and things some of it didn't go out like you planned, right? It didn't turn out like you planned. Well, here's your second lesson. Yeah. Right. Here 40 years later, <laughs> here's the second half of that lesson. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, so there was, uh, you know, a lot of things going on. You're right, Jennifer, this turned towards The Last Jedi, as we knew it would, just like it turned to Rogue One, and it will soon turn to Solo. And after that, Episode Nine, the machine rolls on. But there's a lot of cool things we got uh, in uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels and the other things. And I know you, this is an interesting question for you, because you don't watch Rebels as much as Joseph and I do, but there were some, some things in there that really did affect the Star Wars story. I know. Namely, yeah. Maul. And Kenobi. Yeah. So from you, from sort of an outsider, uh, do, you, do you feel you get to enjoy that as much looking back? Uh, Were you there for it? Did you feel it? I felt your guys' excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it, made me, it made me a little bit of FOMO, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Gosh, I wish I, I wish I was experiencing what all, all the joy, excitement, or shock that everyone else is experiencing because they've been following this series since right. the beginning. And so I would kind of, you know, catch up on it when I can. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's... It's it's neat that that's there and that there's also young kids that are able to not only I mean gosh not only are they able to see a Star Wars in the theaters but they have this amazing TV show that's presenting yeah. all these new ideas and and lore and and lore indeed and wrapping up Joseph uh, and and we'll see what the second half of the season uh, brings but the second half of that thir- third season was some of my favorite sections of the show you know what absolutely I mean, story. yeah and I feel like in that in what we've got in this year, that second half of season three and the first mm-hmm. half of season four, it has really been uh, getting closer and closer and more ingrained of the story uh, told in Rogue One and A New Hope, and specifically the story of how the mm-hmm. rebellion fully forms. Right. And I feel like that was a good celebration of where it all began to yeah. have rebels really z- zeroing in on this is how the war really begins. This is it. This is the connection. Do you think going, f- going forward with some other animated properties... Do because we're going to get them. Do you need them to be as connected, or is this like a good template, or is just a hey, good rebels did this, take me somewhere else? Yeah, I want to go somewhere else or with uh, someone else. (laughs) That sounds weird. Uh, No, because I was just thinking like uh, at one point, like my I really love the Clone Wars, and the Clone Wars was a little bit of an anthology where you know we mostly stood kept with our our main characters of Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka. but there's a part of me that feels like even though the original trilogy is about the galactic civil war, now that mm-hmm. Rebels has gotten crunchy about the buildup to it, yeah. there's a part of me that wants to see like a team of foot soldiers truly fighting the war. Yeah, mm. It's like the war is kind of in the background for some parts of the... We see the big battles. We yeah. see the Battle of Hoth. We see the Battle oh, of Yavin. Yeah. We see you know, the Battle of Endor, the ones that determine it. But there's got to be so many other battles and fights and war going on. Yeah, That interests me a little bit. It does. It does. The yeah. war... 
before the lore sometimes with me, Jennifer. I what, know. What would you be looking for as we look back to at, at 2017 and what Rebels did? Uh, what do you want to from an animated series in 2018 or beyond? You know, and this is what I was thinking about. I think about the th- the Freemaker Adventures, which mm-hmm. kind of is its own little thing. It's like its own little island. It's got and, a Lego set, so it counts. Right, right. So you know, but I don't feel like there's as much. Maybe it's because it's geared for younger younger children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel like there's as much um, frenzy, excitement, and like musty TV kind of mm-hmm. thing. Whereas mm-hmm. like Rebels is very much so. Like every week, people right. are counting on this. So I think that you do kind of have to tie it into the these current stories that they're telling mm. in some way, but still keep mm. it far enough to where we're not starting to go, well, wait a minute. Our, or the, some retcons are happening and things right, like that. Right. We, we, don't we don't want that. Get too messy. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'm sure that they are currently working on it. Yeah, and you were speaking of, of, of children. You're a mother yes. of, a, of a young Padawan. And this year was uh, one of uh, my highlights of this year was Forces of Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, which brought uh, the Star Wars stories uh, down to a, a younger level, but but did have some pretty interesting stuff and some interesting lessons. Short, bite-sized things, and I know I know everyone didn't take to it, Joseph. Not everyone yeah. did, but I think we as a team did, and there was a lot there, and it, and it definitely really added to the Star Wars year for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it was just reacting to that is a really different animation style. Yep. And for me, like, hey, Clone Wars is real different from Rebels. Uh, Neither of those things look like actual live-action human beings. Uh, The CGI uh, in Phantom Menace doesn't look like (laughs) somewhere in between. I mean, who knows the mysteries of, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Boss Nass's robes. Like, I don't need everything to look the same to be in the same place. And I really appreciated these could have been so simplistic and they could have been just for kids. Right. But they had those, you know, so many moments that fans care about and they had moments that were so true to the characters and that's what I really appreciated of like, yeah, Leia would see that the Ewoks want to eat the rebels or the uh, stormtroopers. Right. They want to eat them all. But (laughs) they're trying to cook the stormtroopers and like, yeah, she would have to do something about that. It's uh, every one tracks with characters for me. Yeah, Yeah. that was exciting. Yeah, I mean, I was... I wasn't sure what to expect from them other than I like the idea and I like, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Padme and uh, the fact that they got Daisy Ridley and Felicity Jones and Lupita Nyong'o and all these voices and Cat Tabor was coming back to do Padme and all this stuff. Like, I was like, okay, cool, right? Here we go. But I, I thought, we'll see, you know, and then I was worried of the connective canon, like, oh, uh, you're going to add some new stuff. But just the joy of it washed over me. It's just it. I got it right away. I've had the opportunity now to to get to know Jen Murrow, who wrote this series, and just to know how big of a fan she is. Number one, but also what she wanted to accomplish, and and I really think it did. And and not everyone needs to love things. Obviously, as we're oh, learning yes. in the Star Wars universe, um, I understood. You know, if if you watched that first episode and you were like, I don't know how Ray could have caught BB-8, and you're worried about. How heavy uh, BB-8 was. Then, the then, Force was awakening. Then, it's hey, fine. you know what? Then this series might not have been for you, and that is totally fine. I get it. Um, but it it is also part of this Star Wars for uh, the next generation, and I think that's very important. You know, uh, we we are the we're, we're mid range. We're elder statesmen, but you know what I mean. Like I got a lot of Skywalker gray in my beard now, but. I, 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 as a fan, I do feel I need to cultivate the love of a next generation. Like it should be, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely, pass That's, on what we have learned. Pass on, That's right. you know what I also really liked about Forces of Destiny, putting it in the context of this whole year, mm-hmm. is that I think uh, uh, Jennifer Morrow did an amazing writing job. But it's also a, a testament to what I would assume would be the power of the story group, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because 
all of it did track so well. Like, I believe, yeah. I could have the timing wrong, but I think that uh, some of Jin's episodes might have even been before Rebel Rising was out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, or that might have just been the order I read them in. Anyway, the point yeah, is, yeah. Jin's episodes... Can be a little bit like if you just saw the movie Rogue One, you'd be like, "Now, why did Jin feel that way? Why would she? You know, yeah, I yeah. thought she didn't care about anything. I thought she didn't look up, you know, to see the flag of right. the Empire. So she just keeps her eye down. So why does she need to rescue a girl's Tuka doll <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> uh, and you then you read Rebel Rising, like that's the character she would see the lost childhood that she had, and she would of course protect kids. So to me, the Forces of Destiny was a triumph of how well this new canon is is connecting right. uh, uh, like emotionally and thematically for the characters. Yeah, that's where you're seeing a lot of this connection where I think the store group does a spectacular work. Uh, we know that in the main films, it's the directors and the writers driving it, and then story group is there for consultation. It is not the other way around, despite what people yeah. want to think. Pablo Hidalgo is not writing episode nine. Um, <laughs> that is Terrio and Abrams, and they'll go to him for those little kind of things. Like you mentioned, Jen, in the news, you know, Matthew Wood goes, hey, what, what can I use here? Uh, but Forces of Destiny was something that they had brought Jen on to to work after maybe it had been conceived, and, and uh, I don't know the inner workings of that. But yeah, you're right. This is where it works the best, according to plan, where all these things are connected and, and it just adds meaning to everything there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, books and comics, speaking of that, are Absolutely. like been hugely uh, successful this year, I think, for overall for me. Um, yes. Some of the major books, Rebel Rising, uh, which is the, the Jin Urso book, which we love here on Force Center and highly, highly recommend. Thrawn. Uh, the from a certain point of view, the collection of all the different uh, perspectives of A New Hope. Some of them just uh, amazing, introducing brand new canon, and some of them super screwy about the sexual <laughs> predilections of random imperial officers. <laughs> so you got a lot to choose from. Inferno Squad, which was yes. a prequel to a video game, <laughs> yes. and still super in canon and in the pocket. Uh, and then uh, now I, I'm getting caught up on the comics. Yeah, got me a Comicsology bundle deal that there you blew go. my mind. But mm. Ken, you're our comics guy for now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do, what do you think of the comics for now? Um, I <laughs> well, think... I want to join you. I do not want to replace you. Yeah. I want um, to join you. Always two. Um, I uh, yeah. First of all, those books. You're, yeah, love Rebel Rising. Thrawn was an interesting interesting read. All that kind of stuff. But the comics, I, I think, are doing a great job overall. Love that they exist. Love that I go to my shop. And I have I I've been uh, you know as the you know, comic guy, if you will, been famously grumpy on some of the storylines. But that's okay. And I overall think that they are having fun and then what the last jedi taught me in a good way is if there's some things in that poe dameron comic line that i haven't been a big fan of okay uh crazy egg people there's some (laughs) deities cracking from eggs and fighting and gracchus the hud is a weird character yeah um but poe goes on this adventures but some of the stuff set me up so well for last jedi but then last jedi comes out and here's my point on that is and so those things that I was like, oh, I don't know, is this, is this did Poe really do this? It doesn't factor into the Last Jedi because it can't, mm. uh, at least on a super, uh, you know, obvious level because yeah. of the casual fans. So then it really, came, I came out of Last Jedi going, you know what? I don't have to be as uptight and a and a and a Star Wars grumpy about space whales. Yeah, they can just <laughs> exist in the pages of Marvel Comics, and that's going to be fine. And now I can enjoy it even a little bit more. How yeah. Good. I think that's a great way of coming to, to peace with it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've had a great experience with um, from a certain point of view mm-hmm. because, like, once again, it's in, in canon. And 
I care about canon because I like just I like thinking about things and I like knowing specific answers right. because it, it connects two ideas and then I get to think about it from this like a little bit more true perspective. But right. there were some things in that book of like, yeah, no, that's yeah. like, I'm, <laughs> hey, the Dianoga is a forest creature oh, that, right. that wants to baptize Luke. I'm okay with that. Right. That's fine. But yeah. yeah, no, the the you know TK four two one, you know he he was not. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> all of it's not true. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, it's just you can pick and choose as a pick, fan, pick and choose, and then it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know what yeah. I mean, Jennifer? Yeah, right? Yeah, you can't. You don't get held up on this detail. No, no, but it's it's exciting that I feel like there were so many excellent books this year with Rebel Rising, obviously Inferno Squad, and some of from a certain point of view was awesome too. Of course, I have not read any. <laughs> Those. But we have <laughs> talked at you about them so much. But I feel You're like, yeah, I feel I've gotten the Cliff Notes versions from you guys. So thank you for that. But it, it's, it is really exciting that you can dive into these characters' backstories mm-hmm. and, and get to learn and enjoy them even more, like Rebel Rising. Absolutely. Rebel Rising was so good. And I owe, I owe you, Joseph, every, I would not have, I was, it was off my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no I, interest. I got it in, in, in the Guardians of the Wills, the much shorter book. Yeah, uh, right. And uh, and I, I sat on it for a long time not reading it because I felt like, I, I know Jen. Oh, it's the, oh, yeah. is it that she had a hard life? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to read more of that. The world's hard. But then I cracked it open. It was so soulful yeah. and honest and passionate and yeah. made, uh, you know, Rogue One sing even more for me. And I was so surprised by Thrawn. I did yeah. not think I was going to enjoy Thrawn, and I think I maybe enjoyed it a little bit more than you can. You, uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. I enjoyed it, but I thought it was slow and plodding at times because that's what Thrawn is. So, yeah. uh, and Timothy Zahn is is he's the, you know the master of this. We owe we owe him so much for that heir to the Empire uh, trilogy, which I think really helped stoke the flames of Star, uh, Star Wars for a new generation or rekindle it for some old, older generation fans. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'll say this. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever read that again, but I'm very much looking forward to the Thrawn sequel. Yeah, the you know Thrawn I mean? alliances with yeah. Vader. Yeah, and that, oh, I, that's right. what really excited me about Thrawn is some of that canon about, oh, how do they figure yeah. out about the unknown regions and all right. that super nerdy stuff that's fun to be super nerdy about. Yeah, and as we, much like with the Journey of the Force Awakens, they did the Journey to the Last Jedi line that included toys and coloring books and uh, Chewing the Porgs children book. But uh, the highlight was uh, the Leia, Princess of Alderaan, uh, written by Claudia Gray, Phasma by Delilah Dawson, Canto Bite, a collection of Star Wars stories, and uh, this Legends of Luke Skywalker book by Ken Liu that yeah. I, I, I had a tough time at first, and we... Talked about last week. I think I owe that book and Ken Liu a bit of an apology because so much of that actually showed up. Themes and actual things, including fishing poles, showed up in mm. The Last Jedi. And it is truly amazing how much that does affect uh, affect you to watch it. Like, um, it's not anybody watching The Last Jedi and uh, can figure out what Luke's doing with the pole. Right. Right? Like, right. Jennifer, you weren't, like, sitting there going, like, What? Is this from a book? Like, you're just like, <laughs> right. he's got a big old fishing stick. Weird, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. It totally tracked. But it does, you can't shake that you knew that from the book. Mm-hmm. And I, I often wonder, like, how much does that uh, affect me? Because I'm mm-hmm. watching it and I'm reacting emotionally to, like, Ray's watching him and this is his daily routine. But I'm reacting so much to, like, whoa, he learned that. And it meant this <laughs> to him about the force. And wow. is he thinking about the force when he's using that? Because that was technically the tide, not the force. <laughs> but, like, and you just, like, it, it is, it's rewarding. Yeah. That is neat. And now yeah. I got to read that book. I mean, 
you maybe let Joseph and I summarize. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Pregnant I'm teasing. It, it, it is actually the book is quite an accomplishment because the concept, as I've said many times, is totally behind it. Just there was some. It's so weird and wacky, mm. and you know because it's this legends, these myths. So you you know you you believe you're like, what do I believe? Twenty percent of this one, eighty percent of this one. Like, what am I reading? Right. I because and, and I think you know this year was a, a lesson again, going back to the time in the Last Jedi. Where I'm reading this going, all right, but I'm looking for the answers on where did Luke get his A-wing from? Yeah. And that's a little bit of me being the sweaty Star Wars nerd. And that book, this book literally was like, uh, yeah, there's canon, but just listen to these weird stories about Luke. <laughs> yeah. And learn from them. And I think all a lot of these books were this mixed bag where, well, I, I want to say in general, the journey to The Last Jedi yeah. as a line compared to the journey to The Force Awakens was vastly superior. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yes. they learned from the past. Yes. I think, because the journey to The Force Awakens had a lot of just random details of, yeah. oh, PZ4CO is the droid that uh, Leia... Uses yeah. to record her memories. Yeah. He's in one scene. Great. Yeah. Um, but this w- had so many meaty things. Like, finally finished reading Phasma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is just wild, crazy. It's a planet you've never heard of. It's some it's Star Wars stuff that is not, doesn't necessarily feel like Star Wars. It almost feels more like Mad Max dystopia really stuff. Yeah. Mm. But then towards the end, you get a ton of meaty stuff about the Hux family. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That is not like, it's not like the fishing pole. We're like, I know why Hux is extra sweaty, <laughs> like literally yeah, yeah. physically sweaty because we learned about his glands and phasma. Yeah. It's not like that kind of detail. It's the dynamic of the family. Right. Wow. Absolutely. And how the, the, they really, Ryan Johnson did a great job of making Hux kind of this, you know, joke to his own superior, or the officers that he answers to him because they're sh- in many ways should be his superior officers. Yeah. Captain Kennedy, um, who, by the way, I learned that I, I finally cleared Clicked on his IMDb link, and then someone tweeted me a couple days later. Uh, Mark Lewis Jones, he's Shaga from Game of Thrones. Oh, nice! Oh. Shaga likes axes from season one. He's the same guy. <laughs> That's why I liked him. That's why I liked him. But yeah, there, there does and, and the fa- and I know Phasma is a bit of a disappointment for some people in the Last Jedi. Um, and this book, and it is again, I know you didn't read Phasma, Gems. No. This is why I actually love that perspective. I mean, if you want to read these books, uh, you know, if your daughter gets to bed in time, you can read the book. Great, but I like having this perspective because. When Phasma gets hit and her helmet is destroyed a little bit and her eyes exposed, that's like this a great dishonor to this character mm. uh, because she's always in masks, right? So she doesn't take her masks off. It's even on Parnassus before she dons the stormtrooper gear, they have kind of tribal masks. So, oh, so wow. in that moment, I was like, oh, she's been exposed, and that's nobody cool. in the first order sees her face. Yes, Ooh. and she, you learn exactly how she got that armor, and she went to some work for it. It's not like she just went to like first order Etsy and said, "I'll order the silver <laughs> one." Like <laughs> that. Was, that's maybe not replaceable oh. the way you hear it in, yeah. in Phasma. Because it is from, yeah, it's from Palpatine's ship, uh, uh, you know. Which uh, we knew, but this yeah. had more weight. Yeah, we knew, we how. knew. It was in the visual dictionary and then yeah, this whole story. So, but in that moment, you might see it from different and it's okay. Yeah. That's her eye. You know? Right. No, I was like, oh, at least you saw a little bit of Gwendolyn Christie's skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, okay, I'll take it. I'll but take I, it. I think yeah. the champ for all of us, though, does have to be uh, for the Journey of the Last Jedi line, the Leia Princess of Alderaan, which oh. you made the time in your incredibly busy life to read, Jennifer. I am so grateful that I did because it really gave such a great backstory to Admiral Holdo, uh, Emilin Holdo, and Leia, their relationship. Yeah. I loved that. It was yeah. exciting. And also learning about Leia's 
horse ability is getting to see that in <laughs> yeah. the book as well, or read that in the book. Getting introduced to Crate. Yes, and Crate. And what it meant, and how Bail Organa was there, and <gasps> so it's it's even more interesting that they run to it in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to Fantastic. me, it's on this like, great crux of the past and the future, because we, we learn a lot of stuff about Leia that's going to move forward to The Last Jedi with Holdo and Crate, but it's also tying into everything that's been going on with Rebels, which is telling that story mm-hmm. of the beginning of the Galactic Civil War, and yeah. Leia learning the kind of lessons that she teaches Poe. Mm-hmm. Yep. She learned she's beginning to learn them in this book, but also all of that great meaty wrestling with mm-hmm. when do you just decide you have to fight? It right. is this great build up to Radis slapping his fin on the table <laughs> and saying, I think we should go. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a time where just there's no diplomacy left. Yeah. The evil will crush you unless you stand up and fight back. And it's terrible and it's horrible, but it has to be done. And and you made a good point about the lessons she teaches Poe. Yeah, you're right. She was similar. She yeah. was a uh, rash, impulsive uh, mind in her own cockpit flying around the galaxy, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. flying around, causing problems behind her dad's back and, a, and, a, and a, with good intentions. But she had to learn those lessons. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Not seeing the big picture. Yeah, uh, I did want to also talk a little bit just about uh, toys and games and merchant stuff. Uh, oh yeah, and in, in, I would include in that Battlefront Two. Absolutely, which was uh, controversial at best, uh, and sometimes Jennifer, but a game that I do love. You still are playing it? Yes, oh, I'm still playing it. Oh, I, I can't love wait. it. I, I love playing it. with the heavy troopers. The yeah, the heavy, the heavy, troopers. The heavy tro- not the assault troopers, the regular guys. Yeah. I like the guys with the big guns there, oh. and I love playing the the battle droid version the best. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. yeah. The battle droids are harder to hit because their little heads are so, so tiny. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. In right. the big heavy one, this is, see, this is like a fascinating like personality test because like, uh, do you want to hear this? Yeah, <laughs> yes, All right. Yes. So like the, you have, what is it? You have just the standard assault. Assault, which would be like, you know, if it, it, it can be a rebel soldier, it can be a stormtrooper, it can be a battle droid, a clone, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, that just They just run around. They shoot things like normal. Right. But then you have the leader. Yeah. Who, officer the category. Officer category who has like a little shield. Shield and then can yeah. like yell things to support others <laughs> around them. So you do good. You kind of have to hide a lot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then the the heavy just has a massive Big gun that takes a while to wind up. And you yeah. you basically you have to find a place, plant, and then just <laughs> nail it. Right. Yeah. So that's a psychology test. Yeah. There's one other uh, specialist. specialist. So generally a that's sniper. a sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get the heroes and the reinforcements there. It's a good. It's a, it's a test of yeah. It's a test of your brain. Interesting. Which yeah. one would you take, Dent Jennifer? I do the basic one. Why is that? Why would I choose the <laughs> basic one that's no fun i guess because i kind of want to run around and then i'll just keep dying and then respawning oh you'll keep dying and you'll yeah. keep responding i yeah. want yeah. to be the specialist uh mm-hmm. because i love sniping in games yeah uh, but it's really hard to do in any sort of multiplayer it it's hard yeah. to just get a, a position and hold it so i end up being uh, either the leader and yelling you know hey yeah. do good be better, <laughs> or or just the the normal, so I can run around, yeah. run around. This this year though did have looking back at the games, starting with the games, uh, the Visceral Studios debacle, or this open world game not really uh, happening, and then the EA debacle with the the loot crates and the pay for play and all these kind of things. Uh, so it was an interesting year. We'll see if 2018 and in 2019 the video game landscape can kind of improve. Might yeah, be what we hope the game itself I enjoy, but I know there's a lot of questions. But the fact that there was all this controversy around it means I think even Bob Iger would agree 
they need to improve that. Yeah, somehow. yeah, yeah. It is a battle of empires. Like the video game empires go in a certain way, and yeah. Star Wars just wants to please the Star Wars fans up to a point, and it's an interesting uh, push pull. Yeah, it, it might have been the biggest, not black eye, but much like how Ray got that little cut on her arm from oh, the Praetorian yeah. Guard. Yeah, right. That was a little cut on the <laughs> arm of Star Wars this year. With ah, all loot that. crates. Ah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the main action figure line. Of the oh. Last Jedi, the yes. three and three quarter you, inch which line, which you collect. Yes, I do. This is an utter highlight of the year. This is our right. year in review. This is huge for me because, like, I've always liked those figures. I've talked about it plenty. That I want the ones that were like the ones when I had a kid. But this is this is an mm-hmm. example of them bucking the tradition of the industry. The right. industry is all about oh, you buy Wonder Woman, it comes with Steppenwolf's knee, and then you build Steppenwolf yeah. because his head comes with Batman, and just like, and the Force Awakens one had that same kind of like. Here's every figure just comes with random junk that piles up into a gyroscope gun or some bullshit that's not from the movie. Last Jedi line is so beautiful and clean. The figures are sculpted well. The actual like weight of them isn't too much and they all just come with what they should come with. Mm. Uh, Hux comes with a mouse droid. Chewie comes with a bowcaster and a porg. Yes. It is all so beautiful and it's also like just extends to like you got a base yeah. You can buy the secret base that folds into BB-8. You can oh, buy right. X-Wings. You can buy the the TIE Silencer. It's just such a beautiful, elegant line. Yeah, I think the line surpassed even the 6-inch Black Series line, which is what I generally collect. There was some great stuff this year, but even some of the Last Jedi stuff was not underwhelming. It just was, you know, Poe with his cool jacket, Finn undercover. Good things, but nothing, I don't, and, you know, the... 12th Kylo Ren, which I purchased all of them. Um, I think more will still come that will make the six-inch line stand out a little bit more for me. But I, I looked with, I will admit, envy every time I go to your house. And your three and three quarters are on display because it, it's it's uh, it's got a little more variety now than the, the six-inch Black Series for Last Jedi. Um, Jennifer, I know you uh, are, don't have the affliction we have of buying every figure that comes out. Um, but you also, the Forces of Destiny figures were big. The oh Lego sets, a lot of things going on that you're into as well. Yeah, now that I'm thinking, at first I was like, you know what, there seemed like there was less merch this year than for Rogue One. It kind of seemed like that. It kind of, but you know what I'm realizing now is that people are actually, I think, buying the Last Jedi stuff a lot more. Yeah. So it's really picked over when I've yeah. been going to the store, which is a wonderful thing. But I mm-hmm. love that now there's a lot more clothing merchandise. Yes. So a ton of little girl shirts from my daughter, which yeah. has been amazing. And the Forces of Destiny stalls, which now they've totally spoiled us. I'm, yeah. I say us because I'm playing with them too. But like <laughs> my daughter got a typical doll where like literally just the arms kind of move up and down. And legs yeah. move. She was very disappointed because she's used to <laughs> Ray with all this articulation. And yeah. she was like trying to move the elbow. And I'm like, no, it, it's not like an actual Please figure. tell me your daughter knows the word articulation already like <laughs> these are not articulate I'm a teacher teacher the ways yeah but I mean it's been so she plays with her little BB-8 yeah. and uh, Leia every day it's just so yeah. gratifying yeah and, and you mentioned the clothing uh, the Herb <gasps> Universe line of course is always on point and a lot it. of that other line we were talking on one of my old friends from school uh, tagged you in a post. Oh, I tagged yeah. you in a post because she, she wanted to know about the jacket. You, it was her, her universe. But there's that other like upscale Star Wars clothing line Oof. going on right now. Oh yeah, there's like a Columbia line That's jacket the one. line. There is um, like a fancy Christian Louboutin. What? <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Yeah. These are these are exclusive pieces. I cannot yeah. afford them. No, but it's like a it's, dream. But it's great because again, I know you know we talked about you, you growing up as a as a young girl and a Star Wars fan in a different time where you finding a Star Wars shirt might have been an adventure you didn't want to have to take, but yeah. you had to do it. And now now some wonderful choices for you now. I know yeah. it's amazing. I don't have to cut all my men's shirts up. Yeah, it's awesome. I will say about clothes. You know, if Lucasfilm Marketing is listening and studying podcasts, as they should, for clothes, uh, there's a lot more of the first order. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so yeah. We, we were at Target and Sarah had this idea of like, you know what? For the holidays, I want us to have comfy matching Star Wars pajamas. Oh That's my God. We're like, great. And like, but they're all evil. Yeah. <laughs> so, we like, so we got some phasma pants. Oh, but like, and she was like, is there not a BB-8? Really? Yeah. Can there not be? And I was like. Huh. And she's like, I'm going to find some BB-8 fabric, and I'm just, at some point next year, I'm just going to make us some BB-8 oh, pants. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love that necessity, the mother of invention there. Yeah, the the, to- the, the clothing, yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's like, it's, it's uh, I like, you guys know I love the Empire, but it's because they kind of got the cooler toys, uh, yeah. Yeah. figuratively and literally. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, though I'm, fr- I'm trying to replace my... Uh, Imperial Death Star engineering hat, my baseball hat's a little dirty, a little run down. Yeah. And I was like, what else is out there? I cannot find a good Imperial hat. They're all these stupid rebel hats, all this hope <laughs> and, and good things going on. You just on. want a nice, solid first uh, order. I want right? a dark hat. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's just a look back, a rundown of this. It was a pretty fascinating year for Star Wars. Uh, the Last Jedi spurned a, <laughs> a lot of conversations forward there. Yeah. Uh, but we've got to look back in a major way. I think that was the Star Wars celebration. Uh, you know, had a lot of people talking. It's weird, but a good thing, I think, they're waiting until 2019 for Celebration to come back, which will be an interesting year because Galaxy's Edge and all that other stuff <laughs> going on there. But uh, 2017 overall, Joseph, where do, you, where do you rank it? One through 40, <laughs> what's your ranking of Star Wars years? I think, you know, right now I would give it at, it's at least four. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It was, a, it was a really great. I feel like so much of the, the content um, that supports the movies felt it to me like in the in right in the pocket of Star Wars from yeah. the action figures to you know the Battlefront to all its other video game problems you can run around and you know, I yeah. get to shoot people on Camino there're just a yeah. lot of things that was done I think mostly in the marketing uh, and with the books and everything that made me feel like anytime I want I can visit that galaxy far far away in a book in a video game playing with an action figure, wearing Phasma pants. Yeah. <laughs> I can get there. And I, I think they did a good job with it. Absolutely. Phasma pants indeed, Jennifer. How was your year in Star Wars? It was great, but it was a lesson because it felt like I was on a cruise ship for the first time and there was a buffet of everything <laughs> I could possibly want to eat. And the first night I get really sick and I overdo it. Yeah. Now I've learned, you know, pace myself. I don't need to always be up on everything or get sucked into, you know, the hot takes and things like that. I can enjoy it at my own pace. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. And this this 2017 for me in Star Wars was a look at kind of the new normal. 2015 was a novelty of, oh, my God, we're back. We're up and running. And then Rogue One was like, how is this standalone going to work? And all these books and stuff were coming out. Yeah. And and, and uh, you know, the books were tying into Rogue One. And it's great a different way. And 2017 was different because it felt like, all right, now the machine is rolling forward. And will we continue to like that? Yeah. And as the year ends, I look back. That cruise ship analogy is great. I ate everything on the ship, Jennifer. <laughs> and I'm kind of sick, but I'm looking forward to the next cruise. I'm absolutely, I've got my tickets. I'm set for 2018. But 2018, Joseph, is a different year. 
the machine is rolling, yeah. it's really going to start chugging. Here's what's going to happen. We're mm-hmm. going to get on that cruise ship. I've been on many cruise ships. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time, but it's a strange place where you sometimes do feel a little trapped. You've, yes. you've got all these conveniences, but then you look out and there's the ocean, and it's just that you remember how powerless you are. We're going to be on that cruise ship chugging along until about May, and then it's going to stop in the middle of the damn ocean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because, now, help me out, friends, yeah. 2018, Solo's going to come out in May. That'll be a fun experience. Great, yeah. Rebels is going to wrap up, and it will be over. Done. Oh, and boy. then there's not the new a new live-action series until at least 2019 right. when mm-hmm. the service launches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a year and a half yeah. until episode nine. Mm-hmm. Wow. We'll get so, some- no Juice. celebration. No celebration. Uh, no new animated show announced yet. Yeah. We'll have comics and books, we'll have obviously. There'll be some good. We'll get that juicy, like, what happens between the last Jedi and episode, episode nine stuff start to roll in. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get some solo tie and stuff, but you're right. It's almost going to be like the years 1984 to 1991. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where there wasn't as much to grab onto. Can we survive as a fandom? Yeah, I think the answer is probably yes, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how many of us go from, oh, it's more than I can handle, it's so Mm. much, and is it going to be too much? Are we going to crash and burn to... Come on, you you got some of that episode yeah. nine for me? Like, yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> exactly. Where's the Entertainment Weekly spread? <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's going to be very jarring now that I think about it. It's going to be weird. It's yeah. We joke, but yeah, there'll be, we're on this machine, and suddenly you're right. And it's going to slow down for yeah. at least six months. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're waiting for all sorts of announcements about, yes. you know, if Obi-Wan is 2020, maybe they're like... Screw it. Yeah. We're going to start. We'll we'll announce it in October yeah. when right. everybody's hungry. Everyone's hungry for some more Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Might be it. Well, we will be there in 2018. Force Center rolls on because you guys have been so generous in your support, not just like on Patreon, but just the things you say in your reviews, the, the tweets. We really love what, what I call the pool of tranquility in the internet, <laughs> Star Wars media discussion world, and we are only going to continue to grow for you guys there. Uh, you guys contribute with your audience questions like this week, Joseph. We got some great ones. Yeah, and we're still doing some uh, questions from The Last Jedi. I'm sure we'll be doing them for a long time, but we got a great one from yes. Facebook from Mario Jansen. The Falcon lost its new radar dish in the caves of Crate. Now, did you guys, I'm uh, um, going off question, did you guys see this? I didn't, it didn't stand out to me. No. Okay. But it did, huh? So I have not Googled okay. this. I am right now trusting Mario. Mario, a lot of trust in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure by the time that this episode actually drops, it will be well confirmed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the Falcon lost its new radar dish in the caves of Crate, making the sequence mirror the assault on the second Death Star even more, and a beautiful nod to Return of the Jedi, in my opinion, especially with the music calling back to the same event. Yeah. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like Mario has, uh, you know, really done his work here. So. I'm trusting him. My question here is, uh, will we see the Falcon back with a round dish in Episode Nine? taking it back to its original look or will we see another rectangular or other shaped dish thanks for all the great content you guys put out thank you mario thank you mario uh so jennifer what what do you think do you want back to the classic this oh this push pull of mm. episode eight episode nine changes it is kind of interesting that yeah that is interesting that the dish came off, especially because it was different, especially because Ryan Johnson took a lot of what had happened in The Force Awakens and kind of was just like, eh, 
change things a little bit, do things my way. So it'd be interesting if we got the circular dish back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we see Chewie repairing it? <laughs> uh, and, you know, it would be kind of cool, too, because Han Solo will have come out, so people mm-hmm. will re- appreciate the nostalgia. But at the same time, they might say, oh, J.J. Abrams, back with a nostalgia again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can't win. Yeah. Is there is that true, Ken? Is there no right radar dish? There, there's no right radar dish. It should be a triangle, which means I'll have to buy yet another <laughs> Lego set to match the other two I have. Um, I, 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 in truth, my answer would actually be just go back to what it was in Force Awakens and, and Last Jedi. I yeah, actually like that design. I like it's uh, that little uh, continuity uh, nod there. Yeah. Um, just, just go back to that. If, in fact, this is true, and Mario, you, you, your passion for this makes me trust you even more. Yeah. I want there to be just a big armored monster of a radar dish because if it's been knocked <laughs> oh, off this yeah. many times, I just want it to be reinforced. ridiculously reinforced. That's what I want. Uh, next question comes from Matthew Purdy uh, from Facebook as well, who asks, did Chewie eat the Borg or was he too guilty to do it? What kind of seasoning do you think he used? <laughs> I can't wait to see Jennifer's Borg recipes <laughs> on her YouTube channel. <laughs> so, Jen, do you, do you feel that Chewie did... Uh, Fight through the guilt and chow down? I think he did. I think he's done what, I don't know about you guys, but I've done this where I'm like, okay, I'm no more, no more cake. I'm throwing it in the trash. Right. And then I'm like, well, still just kind of sitting there. I'm just going <laughs> to sneak a little bite. <laughs> you eat uh, trash no, cake? No, I don't eat trash cake exactly. It's just kind of sitting on the top. My point is, my point is, is that he probably threw the pork meat away and then he was like getting really hungry and he got desperate. And so he had just a little bite. Just a little bite. Just a okay. little taste. So uh, seasoning wise, I think he's he might have some seasoning in that bandolier. Like one of them's like a little pepper, so space pe- space pepper. Yeah, I I don't think he ate that particular pork or the one on the spit that was already there. I think though they'd been there a while. I think he had some other porks. He knew how to kill them. Mm-hmm. He was looking forward to it. He wasn't just like. I'll try this. He was like, yes, another pork dinner. And that just, we just happened to be there while the other porks were like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, so I think there is smoked. Uh, I think they uh, smell and taste a little like Gouda cheese, like good smoked Gouda. Mm, that's what it looked like in the movie to me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that's a strange mystery that they would taste like cheese. I would think like right. Cornish hen. Mm. Mm, well, maybe he put some like cheesy, cheesy seasoning. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I think he, j- I think he waits for them to die. I don't think he's a pork murderer. I think, mm. I think you know, life and death, the cycle on the island. I think he yeah. gobbles them up once they die. Yeah. The balance, <laughs> the balance, balance, the balance in the eating. All right. Any other pork thoughts before we move on? No, sir. All right. Uh, These are questions from our patrons on Patreon from Casey Key. Uh, She's got a a longer buildup, so strap in. One canon takeaway that I have right now is the idea that I think Lucasfilm has finally answered, or at least given another possible answer, to the Chosen One prophecy introduced in the prequels. I think the prophecy that the Chosen One will bring balance to the Force and Snoke's statement, darkness rises and the light to meet it, are referring to the same thing. Instead of the Chosen One being a specific person, I think it is more general. When the dark side becomes too strong, the Force itself brings about a Chosen One, somewhere powerful in the light side to balance it. As Darth Sidious rose in power, Anakin was the Force's response. As Kylo rises, Rey is the Force's response. Thoughts? Well, Casey, your thoughts are amazing. Yeah. yeah that's, that's some great amazing. stuff and, and some insightful stuff. It makes me really think uh, about what Snoke was saying, the talk of balance, Luke um, talking to Ray about the balance and what that feels, but saying, like, that's, none of this is ours. Yeah. Um, that maybe there's something to be said about, I, I still think there's a place for prophecy in Star Wars because of the epic nature of this thing. 
but with Ray not being from anybody or nobody, so to speak, I think, yeah, there's a bit of a comment that, that maybe it doesn't matter, which makes me actually think that there was, was a prophecy and Luke is the one. And and that's Obi-Wan's theory. And Yoda yeah. maybe thought Leia and other people obviously thought Anakin, but maybe I think maybe Luke is the right answer and it's and it's done and then and then what you're saying about this stuff with Snoke's very insightful. I love it, Casey, and that maybe that's it now on. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What do you I, think, Jennifer? I think this is fantastic. I'm gonna use this anytime anyone says anything about their issues <laughs> with The Last Jedi. I think I think you're absolutely right, Ken, that mm. Luke was the chosen one. But now moving forward, it is gonna be whoever it is, whether mm. it's Ray, Broom Kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I love the the mystery. I love that as Casey says, you know, it, it's given this is another possible answer to the chosen one. And yeah, I've been yeah. thinking a lot about the uh uh how how cool the unreliable narrator idea is in Star Wars, and it got something that got used in books a lot. It's used in Phasma. It's used in Legends of Luke Skywalker, right. and I I, I kind of like that. Maybe we never hear who originally made these prophecies. Yeah, but they're a big force telephone game. Yeah, and maybe they're always being misinterpreted or reinterpreted, right. and maybe you know they're signaling to something deep and true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and these cycles are repeating. And I really like the idea that has been so explicit in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that something awoke in Rey. Yeah. Right. It wasn't that, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Or somebody came along and said, hey, by the way, you have Force powers. It, it awoke. Yeah. It was a some kind of call and response. And I love I- any fun theory like this that uh, that seeks to make sense of it in the larger Star Wars uh, epic. Mm-hmm. So I think our thoughts are mostly just that this is an awesome theory, yeah. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then our final question from Tim Van Newland. What did you guys think about the laundry shot? I thought it was genius. A uh, big 100% A+. Plus. And Joseph, you let me know that this reason is confirmed. I am an, a big fan. You can go back to an early episode of Jedi Alliance back in 2014 where I paid homage to Hardware Wars. Yeah. My favorite all-time Star Wars parody. And so to see it, I had that thought. When I, for the first time I saw that shot, I was like, that's an iron. That that can't be. Oh, no. Oh, it's an iron. Wow. <laughs> is this Hardware Wars? But then you, Joseph, said that's yeah, that's Ryan what Ryan meant. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Jennifer, that's you great. make clothes. Did you like this shot? Did you think that joke worked of like, it's <sighs> a doomed imperial scary thing? Oh, no, it's just yes. iron. It was very much a space balls kind of moment for me. I don't know why it made me think of that. Um, mm. And I loved, I just love seeing the uniforms. And this is the kind of mundane day in, day out that somebody, they're, you know, they're having to get their, their yeah. uniforms ironed. Yeah. Just yeah. like the rest of us. Well, for me, it's something I love because, yeah, you know, I always joke about like, all right, the emperor declares uh, a safe and secure society. Next day, everyone's in new uniforms. Right. So this stuff had to have been going on. So I actually loved it. I love the Hardware Wars. If you guys haven't had a chance, that Hardware Wars is from, gosh, uh, 70s. Right, yeah, yeah. It came out right after New Hope, and it is a just silly, stupid Augie Bendagi Flarks. I forget the names. Ham salad, ham salad. It's a great insight into uh, yeah. like what people initially thought of Star Wars. Yeah, like look at this kind of silly, kind of silly space yeah. stuff. There's a basketball for the Death Star, and the irons are, I believe, the Star Destroyers. Yeah, um, and uh, the fact that this Ryan's of our same generation. That I was like, <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Grew up watching Hardware Wars. I used to go to screenings at the library where they would play King Kong and then it would play Hardware Wars as like the trailer into yes. King Kong and it was very confusing. <laughs> very <laughs> confusing. Uh, yeah. I love this because it, it, that shot works on three levels. It works as just a, a funny transition yeah. if you know mm-hmm. nothing 
uh, uh, if you've never seen Hardware Wars, it's a Hardware Wars reference, and it is ju- it just greatly supports like the rigidity of the First Order. Yeah. Like everything must be this way. You can see Hawks <laughs> walking through that and going, "Ah, oh, these ions working correctly." Yeah, right. absolutely. So beautiful. Right. Great questions, everyone. Is uh, always we'll be getting to as many of them as we can. Thank you for throwing out so many uh, thoughts and questions and great theories on the Last Jedi in these last couple weeks. Absolutely, got a question for us? You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Like us there. We have merch on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, including our I Heart Murder Bears shirt. Podcast available on Podomatic. That includes Podomatic Mobile, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find us on there. And Patreon, Joseph, we got a lot of cool things cooking. That's right. We are building towards our new goal of at $700. We will do an audio commentary of a Star Wars movie, and we will ask you, the fans, the patrons, to vote on which movie we start with. So if you are at all interested, go check it out. Just go read the page and see if it is for you. It's patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. Jennifer, where can they find you in your adventures? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jennifer Landa. Um, I think the Lego DIY video is coming out this month. So, yeah, finally. I don't know if I can say what it is. So, uh, so, yeah, go check that out on the Lego (laughs) channel. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Joseph. Uh, you can find me on the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw, Twitter and Instagram in particular. And uh, also you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for uh, all of my comedy albums, which I should maybe advertise sometimes. I have comedy albums. One of them is about <laughs> Star Wars. It's called Rebel Scum. Uh, but also live shows. Uh, if you're in Los Angeles, I've got a New Year's Eve show right here in LA at Nerd Melt. And then I have a live Obsessed in San Francisco as a part of the SF Sketchfest on January 13th. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Napsack across all social media platforms. You want to talk Game of Thrones? I do that on Daily Thrones on the Anchor app, which is also a daily podcast. 2018 is around the corner. We will see how uh, we charge into the new year. We might, you know, we're on holidays. We got all that stuff. We're going to meet our weekly quota of episodes, but uh, hey, we're going to enjoy this holiday. Uh, 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 Christmas was yesterday at the time you're listening, um, but we also got the new year in front of us and we're going to race into 2018. So that is it for now, guys. Thank you so much, all of you out there, for making 2017 the best year for Force Center yet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.